but this brother was going on about meat. And I remember sitting there with Anita and they were all uh, kind of riled up in the fellowship. And I'm sitting there, um, I, was, I was young in the Lord then, I'm sitting there thinking, this guy's not even reading this right. And the people were all riled up like, uh, like not only was he reading it right, he was just, he was just speaking right from heaven. <laughs> and I, and you, you know what, just come back to me, I've forgotten, I've forgotten that, I've been, it's been a long, long time ago now. Uh, but it come back to me, and, and it goes along with uh, some of the things I'm going to talk about tonight. We've been talking out of Matthew 6, and Jesus praying, as it is in heaven, for it to be on the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we know most people, believers, are not looking for it to be as it is in heaven on earth. They're looking for heaven to be far different. And for it to be as it is in heaven on earth, then I have to know how it is in heaven. If I don't know how it is in heaven, how then can it be as it is in heaven up on the earth? That's, you know, just something that we have to cross over in our hearts that, that I have to know how it is in heaven for it to be as it is in heaven up on the earth. So I have to come to that understanding. Now, when I, when I say this, I'm not telling anybody that I know everything about after you physically pass. Not telling you that. But as it is in heaven is according to a person. It's according to the Lord Jesus. That's how it is. Now, whether there's fruit trees somewhere or there's not fruit trees, that doesn't constitute as it is in heaven. That doesn't, that doesn't really affect it one way or the other. You know, so you can have your views there. And the Lord, of course, has his view. And the view we want to come to is his view. We want to move from our view to his view, from our thoughts to his thoughts, from our ways to his ways. That's, that's what we want to do. So tonight, we're going to start in the book of Acts, uh, 20, Acts 26. And I'm going to read original, out of the New American Standard here, starting at verse 12. And this is dealing with the Apostle Paul. And he says, while... So engaged in verse 12, while well, so engaged, as I was journeying to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests at midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven. I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining all around me and those who were journeying with me. 
And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. So I am Jesus. So that's who Paul was persecuting, was, according to the Lord, Jesus. So here we see a light from heaven. We see Paul coming to an encounter with the Lord Jesus. And and it, you know, and the Lord then, but get up. Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. And, and the Lord said, but get up and stand on your feet for this purpose. I have appeared to you to appoint you a minister and a witness, not only to the things which you have seen, not only to what you have seen, but also to the things which I will appear to you. So, so Paul's call in the ministry was unique, you could say, right? He's on his way uh, with orders from the chief priests. He's persecuting the church. He's going about the business of the Jews. And he's hating Christians, you know. And here's this light from heaven. And when he encounters this light from heaven, he also encounters a voice. And the voice says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. And that heavenly vision has to get a hold of us because Paul himself was doing nothing to the man, Jesus. Right? He was persecuting the church. So, so Jesus was taking the church personal. The church, Paul would later say, the church which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. See, see, when we start talking about heavenly vision, heavenly sight, here we go. So a light from heaven. So, so a light's always dealing with, and, and, and I looked one of these words up. I can't tell you which one it is right now. I, I had... I think it was the heavenly vision, and that word vision there is an apparition. So the word apparition, so, so according to this word, and you, you know, later on here Paul says, but he, he said he was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, to that light that was shining from heaven, to this apparition that appeared to him, 
So he began to declare Jesus Christ because he was confronted with the Lord Jesus, that it was him that would pardon sins. And, and so, so Paul's early ministry was, was, you know, probably quite significant because he, had, he was preaching out of a personal experience. So, and his ministry throughout his life was the same. You, you know, when Jesus appeared to him here and, and whether he saw a vision of the man Jesus or he just saw the light, you know, different people probably have different views here. The Jesus, Jesus that appeared to him said that he was going to continue to appear to him. Note, notice what he said not only to the things you have seen, not only to the light from heaven which shined greater than the sun around you, but also to the things in which I will appear to you. So there was going to be a continual appearing of the Lord in Paul's life. And that, that should be the reality in every one's life, that we come to an appearing of the Lord, but we don't just come to a one-time appearing of the Lord. We come to a continual appearing of the Lord. And flip over to Galatians 2. Galatians 2. And verse, start at verse 1. So, Paul says in Galatians 2, he says in verse 1, Then 14 years after I went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also, and I went up by revelation. I went up by an appearing. The word revelation, apocalypsis, is an appearing, a revealing. So, so this that he had encountered in Acts, you know, when the Lord said, not only this appearing, but appearings that I'm going to appear to you in. See, see, Paul's going up to Jerusalem with Barnabas was through revelation. And it's and it's quite important to get a hold of this. And and then he says, and I communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But of these who seemed to be somewhat whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me, God accepteth no man's person, for they who seemed to be so what in conference, adding nothing to me, but contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of circumcision was unto Peter, for he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. 
<laughs> so there was a revelation that Paul was preaching the gospel out of. It was, it was the revelation of Christ in him. And, and when, when I'm looking at this scripture, it's dealing with, with circumcision. In fact, in, Galatia, in the book of Galatians, Paul is dealing with the people in the book of Galatians, and he, and, he, and he says to them in one place, he says, Who have bewitched you? Because they wanted to go back to the law. They wanted to go back to the ordinances of the law. And see, Paul was coming among them by revelation, and he was declaring the circumcision of Christ by the cross. And, and, and he goes on down here with Peter, and, Peter and, he, and he talked about how Peter was an apostle. And then in verse 11, he says, but Peter, when he's come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Why was Peter to be blamed? Because Peter went back to simulate with the Jews. So he went back and, and was embracing, so to speak, Judaism, that being born of a Jew had somehow more prestige than being the Lord's. And so Paul withstood him to the face. See, see this thing with Paul was out of revelation. He wasn't declaring something that he had been taught by man. And he made it plain in this letter to Galatians, to the Galatians, that he was an apostle through the revelation of Jesus Christ. That that was his apostleship. That was his where his ministry come from. In Galatians 1, he says to them in Galatians 1, which we've read many times, but we'll read it again. He said, but I certify you, verse 11, I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation, by an appearing. What Jesus said, the things that I will appear unto you hereafter. By an appearing. By revelation of Jesus Christ. For I neither received it of man nor was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him. This is the heavenly vision Paul had was he saw Jesus Christ. This is that how it is on earth as it is in heaven, is that we behold the head. Unless we behold Christ who is the head, 
It will not be on earth as it is in heaven. No way, shape, or form. It is through seeing Jesus Christ. And, and, and if you see what's written in here, you know, starting with Acts, and we're going, we're going to go to Ephesians 3 if you want to flip over there, but starting just, just kind of piecing it back through Acts, through Galatians, and into Ephesians, going back there in Acts, the Lord dealt with him, and he said, Who art you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutes. So immediately the Lord brought into view, brought into Paul's view, the church which is his body. So then you come into Galatian, the letter to the Galatians, you're dealing with, Paul's dealing with going up to Jerusalem and he's dealing with withstanding Peter to the face. And what is Peter not regarding? The church, which is his body, the heavenly vision. Because Peter goes over and dissimulates with the Jews. He goes back, really, to the flesh. And so Paul's vision, and see, see this, is, this picture that Paul paints here in, in the book of Galatians is a picture that the whole body of Christ needs to see. The whole in, inside of the body of Christ, they're worrying over the Jews. Do you realize that today that Christians are, will fight you over the Jews? And and Paul and Paul deals with Peter and and says, "Are if you're if you basically if you're still a Jew, why are you fellowshipping with these Gentiles?" You you know he he. Because, and the reason he did that was because he had saw a heavenly vision of Christ that the Jew and the Gentile were of the same body, the new man. That's what Paul saw. And Paul was upset that that wasn't the vision that Peter was beholding. Not saying Peter didn't see it. I'm sure he saw it. But he was moved, which I'm sure you and I have been moved before, and he just went over to the Jews and made himself part of Judaism again because he was a Jew according to the flesh. But Paul was not after a Jew in the flesh. Paul wasn't after a Gentile in the flesh. He was after a new creation created of God in Christ Jesus to be manifest in the earth. And that was part of the heavenly vision because the heavenly vision was wrapped up in a man, the Lord himself, a heavenly man, a spiritual man but the Lord himself. So in Ephesians 3, Apostle Paul writes here, again, speaking of Revelation, he says, for this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, 
If you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me to you word, how that by revelation, by a revealing, he made known unto me the mystery, the mystery that had been hid from ages and generations. He made known the mystery as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. He made known the mystery by revelation. He didn't make it known by book learning. He didn't make it known because he had went and met with James and John and Peter and the apostles. He made it known by revelation. And he says, this mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. That, <laughs> this little verse of scripture right here. Many in the church, unfortunately, don't declare the Gentiles of the same body as the Jews. You know, they're trying to get all the Gentiles saved to the time of the Gentiles fulfilled, and then the Jews will get saved. And then it'll all be all right. But that's not the gospel Paul was declaring because Paul saw a vision of Christ where he had gathered up both Jew and Gentile into one body and crucified them both. And the way they become one body is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they are not male or female, Greek or Jew. It's not according to the flesh is what Paul's saying. You're the body of Christ by the Spirit. And by that Spirit that now dwells in you, you are to manifest that that's in heaven, the body of Christ, into the earth. Glory to God. But I have to understand that. I have to see that. I have to hear that and know that by the Spirit that God's not saving Jews one day and Gentiles another, but that we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. That both have, that the middle wall that separated Jew and Gentile is no more. We both come unto God through the offering of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in the offering of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, he deals with Jew and Gentile the same way he crucifies them. They both come to the cross because neither one was the true seed of God. See, that was the issue. Neither one's the true seed of God. The Jew only spoke of the true seed. When Christ came, the true seed of God came. Unto thy seed will I give this land. You know, going all the way back to the Lord, dealing with Abraham. Unto thy seed will I give this land. 
And so that seed carries all the way through the Bible. And it's all the time speaking of Christ. And to I find it in Christ, I don't, I don't really understand what he's saying. And, and so many dear hearts, dear believers are wrapped up in the natural Jerusalem of when God's going to restore the natural Jerusalem and when he's going to rebuild a kingdom in Jerusalem, that's, that's where many of God's people are at. And they don't even understand, no, you are the seed of God by new birth. You have been birthed into the seed that God desired. Because the seed that God had desired was Christ. So you and I, when we're birthed, again, born again of the Spirit, were birthed by the Spirit into Him. He is birthed into us. So, so now our union is that that's in Him, and we know Him after the Spirit and not after the flesh, because that's where He's at. So now we begin to know Christ no longer after the flesh, but after the Spirit, because that's what the Spirit of God's doing in us. He's making Him that is eternal, real in our lives, that as it is in heaven, so it is in earth. So, so to understand one, one simple understanding of this, you're the seed of God. That's how it is in heaven. You're the seed of God. You are the, you're the seed of God through new birth. That's how it is in heaven. So you're the seed of God by new birth, and you're to manifest being the seed of God in the earth. And that's why Paul was, was in my view anyway, that's why he's disgruntled with Peter, because all at once Peter went back to being the seed of a Jew. Instead of manifesting what he knew, he was the seed of God. See, what does Peter write? You're a chosen generation. You're a holy seed. You're a holy nation. He, he writes this to believers. He's declaring this to the church because that's what the church is. It's God's seed in the earth. And so we get a hold of that that's in Christ. That's how it is in heaven. What's in Christ is what's in heaven. And what's in Christ is to be manifest in the earth by the church. And that's what Paul goes on down here and says, back in Ephesians 3, he says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of his, pro of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, and to me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of, work of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now, say now, now, now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, 
might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus the Lord. What's this manifold wisdom of God? That the Jews and Gentiles would be of the same body. That it might be declared. <laughs> to the earth. See, this, this voice declaring that we're one body. We're not male, female, Greek, and Jew, but we're the body of Christ. And this is to be declared in the earth by the church. Why? Because that's what he did. Why does it need to be declared? Because he did it. See, everything he did needs to be declared. <laughs> See, what Jesus accomplished needs to be declared. Whether people like it or dislike it, it needs to be declared. Because they can't stand in this other stuff. That's why people's hearts are failing them. Because they can't stand in stuff that's not after the spirit. Neither can you and I. We then become like the unwise man that built his house upon the sand. <laughs> I want to build my house on the sand. I want any carnality there. And the sand just speaks what of carnality? The natural mind. The thoughts of man. So, so instead of building our house upon the sand, we need to build our house upon the rock. Of course, the rock is the Lord Jesus himself. Upon this rock shall I build my church. Upon the revelation, he's saying upon the revelation of himself, and this is what Paul is declaring the revelation of Jesus Christ that through revelation he saw the Jews and Gentiles are all of the same body, that they've been birthed of the same seed, and there's no longer this partition, this separating wall between the Jew and Gentile because Jesus took it away. And now the Israel of God has nothing to do with flesh and blood, but has to do with spirit. And he declares that in, in Galatians, what, three or four, and he begins to talk about Jerusalem, which is below, and Jerusalem, which is above. And he tells them that Jerusalem, which is below, is still in bondage with her children. So everyone born in that Jerusalem under the law is in bondage. It's that simple. But he that is born of the Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, is free. And this heavenly Jerusalem is the mother, the new covenant of us all. We're birthed in this new covenant. We're birthed in this new Jerusalem, the Jerusalem of God. See, Jerusalem that gendered to bondage was the law. And everyone born there is in bondage, right? But Jerusalem that genders to the 
to the Spirit, the Jerusalem that's after the Spirit, is free. Because whom the Son hath made free is free indeed. So it's not through the bondages of the law, it's through the work of the Son that you and I are members of His body and are of this heavenly Jerusalem. Glory to God. So, we, so that's how it is in heaven. <laughs> the Jerusalem which is above, the Jerusalem which is below, the earthly and the heavenly, the natural and the spiritual. That's how it is in heaven. What's according to the Spirit is according to heaven. Jesus, speaking of the Spirit, said the Spirit's going to come and He's going to take that of mine. Now, He said all things of the Father's are mine, so He's at the right hand of God in heaven. So if you believe He's literally there, physically there, He's at the right hand of God in heaven, means all things of heaven is His. And He's going to take that of the heaven and He's going to show it to you. Now, we understand the right hand be the, being the power, dominion, and lordship of God. But even if you didn't, think about it. Even if you didn't, what Jesus said, he said, he's going to take a mine, and he says, all things of the fathers are mine. So all things of heaven is his. And he's going to take that, and he's going to show it to you. All those things that Christians still walk around and say, I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. Neither entered into their heart the things that God had prepared for them. Those things the Spirit is showing. So now we know what God's prepared. Now we know what the things are that I hadn't seen and ear hadn't heard because now we're seeing and hearing by the Spirit of God and we're seeing that what God prepared for us is that we would be joint heirs together with Christ, that we would be of one body, that we would be joined to the Lord, that as He is, so are we in the earth, that this is what He prepared. As He is, so are we. Because He was going to dwell in us, and He was going to manifest His glory through us in the earth. Glory to God. Now that's how it is in heaven. The glory of the Lord Jesus is manifest. And so through the church, the glory of the Lord Jesus is to be manifest on the earth. That's our mission. That the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Why? Because Christ is in you. The King of glory is in you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He has come and he lives and dwells and made his abode in you and me. And now he's going to be manifestly seen and declared through his body in the earth. That to the intent. It just caught, it just caught my eye recently, and I'm going to stop with this comment. It was just recent that Apostle Paul was talking to kings, to dignitaries. You know, we religious folks sometimes get the idea we don't need to talk to dignitaries. 
or to politicians, right? Well, we started off in Acts 26, and, and Paul's, in, in our, as, according to our world today, he's with a couple politicians. He's with, a, what, a governor and a king. And he's making known to principalities and powers. See, they're principalities, they're powers in the earth. They were powers in the earth. And by the church is made known the manifold wisdom of God to principalities and powers. So here's Paul to those principalities and powers declaring that he is obedient to the heavenly vision. So don't be surprised when God sets you in front of dignitaries. <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb of God in front of powers, even powers in the earth. People of importance. Because the manifold wisdom of God that we, we are his body is to be declared. That the mystery that had been hid from ages and generations is now made manifest to his saints in light, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. How, how's it going to be made manifest if we who know it don't declare it? If we don't share what we see, then we become like the, the parable where Jesus said they took what they had and they hid it in the ground so it wouldn't produce. Or does a man take the light and put it under a, what, bushel so it can't be seen? No, this light, this revelation and understanding of the Lord that's filled our hearts is to be proclaimed glory to God. Proclaimed in the whole earth. Why? That all men would see. That was Paul's heart. That all would see the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. That we are made partakers of the heavenly Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Well, I'll stop right there for tonight.